What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. That's right, your midweek pick-me-up. We will be dropping new episodes every Wednesday from here on out. That is our intention and goal. And if we're not dropping on a Wednesday, we slacking. That's exactly what that means. So if you're anticipating an episode and we don't drop on Wednesday, something went wrong, um, hold us accountable. Text us. DM us. Let us know you're waiting. You're expecting uh, the new episode. Um, anyways, we are so glad uh, to be back another week. God has been so gracious to us. Um, really excited for this episode. Uh, it's going to be uh, challenging. Um, it's going to be different, uh, but I'm, I think it's going to be needed. Um, this is an issue or a topic that I've been wrestling through for some time now. And, um, you know, I, I think in college, uh, I st- college was the first time I started to really challenge some of the things that I was uh, taught to believe growing up. And um, even when I found certain things to be true, I still wrestled to accept it. And I really had to fight to discern, okay, how much of this is guilt and how much of this is conviction from God? And um, learning how to discern the two so that I could um, walk in freedom, walk in all that God has called me to be, and um, walk even in the freedom that I have as a believer has been a struggle. And so um, I do want to warn you guys, this conversation has, um, this is something I've been wrestling through for almost 10 years now. And so this isn't a conversation that started for me last week. And so I just wanted to give that disclaimer before we get into it. But before we get into the episode, I definitely want to let y'all know that we have Shaping the Culture merch. That's right. If you uh, are into supporting uh, podcasts, um, one way you can do that is by copping merch. Um, I just want to kind of vision cast for you guys. Uh, I, I have some um, plans of kind of building a little studio for Shaping the Culture uh, in this upcoming year. I want to get a couple more mics. Um, want to get a couple more cameras, get some lighting, and uh, that stuff ain't free. So if you love this podcast, enjoy this podcast, support us by buying merch, and yo, take some pictures, post online, spread the word, shaping the culture is out here. Um, but honestly, I really do love and enjoy the support that I get from all of you guys. Um, you guys have served as a great encouragement to me. Um, it's just amazing to, just to uh, get some DMs or messages and kind of have tough conversations with some of you guys, wrestle with others, laugh um, with some of you guys, and really um, tackle some some things that uh, you guys might be dealing with on a practical level in your own context in light of what you heard uh, via Shaping the Culture. So uh, it's really dope to kind of see the impact that this podcast is having. And so, man, again, again, I will never get over the fact that people are tuning in and listening. Um, it's just it's a humbling thing. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, but today, uh, we have no guest, really. He's uh, no stranger to the show. He's been on a few times already. And every time he shows up, every time he comes on, he drops the mic over and over and over again. Uh, And this is somebody that I truly, truly love and look up to, somebody that I respect a great deal, Um, somebody that loves the Lord, somebody that is well-versed, not just in what scripture has to to say, but he's very uh, astute. He he really studies the culture that we live in today, Um, not just where we are today, but even how we got here. All right, so he's a historian, right? So he looks at the past and figures out, okay, okay, this is the reality right now, but how did we get here? What 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 has led to this point? And for those who have listened to some of the episodes I've had with him, that's very evident in the way he responds and the way he talks. And so I'm, I'm very excited for him to be on the show. Uh, guys, we got Pastor Neb with us. So Pastor Neb, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing good, Pastor Evanever. Great to be here um, on the podcast. Yeah. Again, shaping the culture. Yeah. Uh, it's just encouraging uh, to to see what God's doing with this platform, and I'm excited for what He has in store. Yeah, for sure. And you're you're really no guest at this point, and so we're so grateful <laughs> to have you once more. 
And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about today's topic. I've been wanting to do this for a while. And um, yeah, let's just get into it's it. It's all about furthering the conversation. Yeah, that's that's all we're doing, getting the conversation going and um, providing perspective and insight and wisdom. And uh, yeah, so I couldn't have thought about a better person to do this with. So thank you for being willing to come once more and share share some of your thoughts on this. Yeah, so so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is cussing and swearing. And, um, you know, I, I know this is a hot topic and I know this is something um, that people have their views on and there's a lot of disagreements around it. But I kind of wanted to see um, what the word has to say, um, maybe even hear some of your experiences. But I'll start by sharing uh, some of my own. Um, growing up, you know, it was just, it was a no-brainer. It was no question. You know, there's no such thing as swearing. Uh, swearing and cussing was a sin in the eyes of God, and you shouldn't do it. And, um, you know, you should keep your tongue clean, right? Like, you don't want any unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth. And so I was really, you know, raised to believe that it is wrong. And then as I got older and you start, you know, getting out of your Christian bubble a little bit and you start, you know, moving out of your parents' home, um, you start coming across other Christians that have very different views. And I'll never forget my trip. I went to the West Coast one year in college and um, I came across some wonderful Christians out there who just... Uh, would swear and I, I literally it blew my mind away and there it was nothing to them and so that was the moment where I started to really ask the question okay is this really a sin is this okay what does God think of this and uh, I kind of wanted to explore that with you a little bit and so b- b- before we really get into it I, I just kind of want to define some things so I wanted to ask you what is um swearing cussing you know what what does it look like to really have unwholesome talk come out of your mouth yeah that's a that's a good question and this is a topic that seems to come up again and again and you think we as as a body as a community of faith have have arrived at a consensus only to discover um that that's not the case Mm. it really depends on what what pockets you're moving in sometimes you find this among um, our Christian artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been a conversation. At times, you'll have uh, those of our brothers and our sisters who are on the front lines of culture, and that is they're brushing right up against um, the larger culture, so they'll have a chance to to be in spaces and pockets that your typical um, Christian who, who does not have those opportunities may not be in, and, and therefore... Um, they're faced with challenges as yeah. far as what does it look like to engage the culture? What does it look like to um, gain the attention yeah. of the culture? How how do I present my craft and how do I win ears? And at what cost and at what expense? Is this considered compromise or mm. is this considered authenticity? Mm. Right. And so you'll, you'll notice that they'll receive a lot of scrutiny yeah. for either what's on their albums or what's on their art. Um, other times you'll find preachers and speakers themselves mm-hmm. um, who, in the interest of gaining the ears of their audience, may wish to cross um, cultural taboos, mm-hmm. uh, li- lines, mm-hmm. in order to to communicate a truth that, yeah. they, that they think otherwise they wouldn't be able to. Um, when we talk about the the subject of cussing or swearing, I think we we do need to have definitions um, yeah. because because it really does depend. I think what, what we re- are referring to really is it is it permissible mm-hmm. for a Christian to to use uh, the four letter words, whether it's you know f the f word, the b word, the s word, mm-hmm. the c word. Um, should those words just fly? Should, should I just start throwing around F-bombs, B-bombs, <laughs> S-bombs all over the place? Yeah. Or is that something that should just belong to my past mm-hmm. and um, leave it right there? Or do I bring that into my Christian life? Um, 
I think when it comes to uh, profanity or when it comes to cussing or swearing, on one level, we're talking about one thing. We're talking about words that uh, are on the lower rung from society's perspective of our spectrum of language. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they're the kind of words that you, you probably wouldn't mention easily when mom or grandma is around. Yeah. Uh, they, may, they may be the kind of words that you may not drop if it's your, your interview and you're really trying to get the job and the employer's in front of you across the desk. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are those kinds of words. Yeah. Um, they may be words that are used um, in the bathroom or in the locker room with the guys or with a small group of people. Uh, they may be words that you may find certain people's favorite comedians using mm-hmm. um, at stand-up. They may be words that are used um, on certain cable television networks after the kids are down and asleep, yeah. right? So they're not the, the, the kind of words that would, would just be easily floating around yeah. um, in the kind of settings that we may find our space, we may find ourselves in work settings, workspaces, at school, in front of professors, teachers, parents, authorities, you name it, right? Yeah. So we typically find these words in, in certain pockets. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say it that way is because there's a whole range of words yeah. that fall under cussing, swearing, profanity, and, and foul, foul language, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I distinguish th- those words from strong language, even though I see an overlap. Mm-hmm. And we could talk a little bit about that because someone talks to me about this subject and asks me, what do you think the Bible uh, has to say about where Christians stand with regard to strong language? That's one question. Yeah. As opposed to someone asking me, where do you think the Bible stands uh, stands as far as what Christians are supposed to believe about foul language or profane language mm. or swearing? Yeah. I, I see those as, as separate. Yeah. Yeah. Can you define the t- what's the difference between strong language and profane language? Okay. Strong, strong language may be um, akin to me raising the decibel of my volume, of, of my voice, mm-hmm. or emphasizing myself, or being a little bit more emotional if I'm speaking on a subject matter over against not being. Mm-hmm. Now, strong language is similar to that in that there are certain ranges of words that have a little bit more punch to them mm-hmm. and, and, and emphasis to them than other words do. Yeah. There are certain words, in other words, there are some words that have less shock value and there are other words that have a little bit more shock value. Yeah. I regard that as strong language. I, I don't necessarily... The reason why I say necessarily is it could be true. Mm. Because, like, like I said, there is overlap. Yeah. But I don't necessarily regard that as foul language or profanity or swearing or cussing or whatever your choice of word may be. Yeah. You see? And, and there's also something else that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, in addressing this, this subject on this episode about swearing and cussing, I would want to leave out using the Lord's name in vain yeah. as a subject matter. I see that entirely different yeah. Yeah. from, from uh, sometimes it's brought in, but I think it's a, that's a whole different subject matter. In fact, if we were to look at the context in which that is discouraged, it, ha- it has less to do with what we're talking about here right. when right. we're talking about swearing. Another thing I would also probably leave out for the sake of clarifying this subject for our audience, is cursing. Mm-hmm. Cursing. I know sometimes we talk about cussing and we talk about cursing. Mm. Right? Cussing is just, you know, it could be a, the profanity that just goes out, that we get bleeps for yeah. right on television. Cursing usually implies another person mm-hmm. whom it's being done to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you see that in witchcraft. Mm. You can see that when... Um, you're not in a position to forgive someone and mm-hmm. you don't wish blessing upon them. Yeah. You're actually wishing, wishing um, the opposite 
of God's best for them. You're cursing them. You're all yeah. almost wishing damnation and everything that leads up to to their doom yeah. for them. So cursing actually implies you feeling a certain way, if it's only in your heart, and actually coming out and saying what you feel toward another person. Whereas Cousin. when you cuss, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with another person yeah. that you have an issue with. Yeah. That's good. So let's talk about the overlap a little bit um, because, um, you know, I'll give an example. Maybe you're driving on the freeway and you're late for work and you're in traffic. And let's say somebody maybe cuts you off or something unfortunate happens where you run into somebody's car, um, you hit their bumper, their back bumper, something, just something unexpected happens and you're expressing uh, your frustration through language and maybe you cuss, right? You're not cursing at the person, but you just cuss, right? Just to express your own anger or own frustration. Um, what what would you say about something like that? Would you say that's okay? Would you say that's not okay? Uh, is that encouraged? Is it not encouraged? Like, how would you uh, diagnose that Scenario or that particular uh, 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 situation? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. It's one that's often um, brought up also, whether you know, you're, you're working on the house and mm-hmm. you hit your finger with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any difference be- between saying, bleep, you know, mm-hmm. F yeah. versus elbow, elbow? Yeah. Elbow, yeah. right? <laughs> aren't, aren't they just a, a string of letters? put together at the end of the day why are we why are we making such a a point about about this word over against just any other word i could have i could have picked yeah i think something that often gets overlooked and and not brought into a discussion like this soon enough is the the connection that i believe um needs to be made between the heart and the tongue Mm. i think that's important yeah you see what people need to understand based on what we learn in the bible is that the tongue is not this isolated instrument mm-hmm. it's found in the body. The, the tongue speaks for the heart. Yeah. Right? So, so we need to understand as Christians, Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 34, that it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Yeah. So whatever is actually, inevitably, eventually coming out of the mouth is only a reflection and representation of what first existed in my heart. Yeah. Right? So there's a one-for-one correspondence between the words that I say, regardless of what gives occasion to those words coming out, and the condition of my heart, mm. right? Jesus said the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil, right? Mm. And um, Solomon in Proverbs 4.23 goes on even to even point this matter out, and I believe Jesus knew his Proverbs. And, and mm-hmm. Solomon says there, my son, keep or guard your heart with all vigilance. Why? Mm-hmm. Because from it, for from it flow the springs of life. Yeah. And so, again, we see a, a connection between the heart and everything else that flows out of my heart. Right. And he mm-hmm. says, look, if you want to pay careful guard and careful attention to what actually eventually comes out of your mouth. It's not to start there. You want to start with your heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All things do, all circumstances do, is show or reveal or unmask what's in our heart. Yeah. So even if it never came out, like when the person cut me off on the freeway, mm-hmm. or the hammer hit my thumb when it was supposed to hit the nail, yeah. even if it never came out, it first existed in my heart. Yeah. You see? Yeah. You see? So... So people aren't to blame. Jesus even said in Mark 10, mm. it's, it's not what goes into a man yeah. that defiles him. They were getting all bent out of shape over <laughs> washing hands or not. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. It's out of the heart yeah. that all these things come, Jesus said. And he gives us a list there in that, in that context. Solomon, again, in Proverbs 10, I believe, I think somewhere around verse 11, he says something like, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the mouth of but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Right? Yeah. Which means 
it'll only come out. What, what's been hidden in the heart is only going to be revealed sooner or later, right? It's either going to be a fountain of life or a fountain of death, mm-hmm. which is a picture of, of violence. James himself calls the tongue, um, he likens the tongue. He says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses, James 3, mm-hmm. so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Yeah. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Mm-hmm. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire that comes from the tongue. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Again, I'm trying to make this connection between the heart and the tongue. The reason why the tongue is this way is because our heart is this way. Yeah. And, and therefore, if we really want to deal with our tongue and make sure our tongue is right, we need to first make sure our heart is right, which means mm. I, can, I can even be saying all of the so- socially acceptable things. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is Jesus is looking at my heart. Yeah, yeah. And so even though I may have gotten away at, at saying, at not saying the things that are, society has deemed inappropriate mm-hmm. or yeah. naughty, right, or dirty, I still haven't gotten away in the sight of God yeah, because yeah. he's looking at my heart. And I think, I think we need to be very careful of that. This was, I believe, the danger that the Pharisees ran into that yeah. Jesus revealed. He said, yeah. That's why he called them, you, you, you brood of vipers. Yeah. You whitewashed Tomb. uh, tombs. Yeah. You clean out the outside of the cup, but you leave the inside filthy. Mm. Right? Mm. And they're dead men's bones, is, what, is how he called them. Hey, um, speaking of strong language, and for Satan, Jesus is using uh, socially inappropriate language. Right mm, that's real. Right? Yeah. He, he would refer to we would refer to people as uh, dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, don't don't give your pearls to pigs or swine. Yeah. That's, that's wow. That's that's pushing it there. Yeah. Strong language. Uh, Greed of vipers. Um, whitewashed sepulchers or tombs. Again, you see here. So um, we can talk about that in a moment in yeah. terms of what does the Bible say and how much are we at license to, to follow the example of what we see in the Bible. Or does the Bible say, um, use swearing? Does the Bible use profanity? Yeah. But what I would say is, what I would say is, um, I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily what comes out of our mouth or does it mm-hmm. that helps us escape falling on the wrong side of this conversation. Yeah. I, because we can yeah. say the right things, but if, if, our, if our heart is not in the right place, we're just as guilty as the person yeah. who's saying all the things that we feel like definitely would be guilty. Yeah, that's good. So would you... Um, so yeah, so let's say that your heart is in the right place, but the words that come out aren't necessarily, um, I don't want to say clean, but they're maybe not socially acceptable. They're not language you would use in an interview or around mom or grandma. Um, but so like, I'll give you an example, like, and, and this is some conversations I've had uh, with some women um, who um, say, you know, they, they call each other the B word as a term of endearment, like the way you would say sis or the way you would say bro when the guys talk to their guy friends, right? So their heart behind even saying what they say is not really to curse them, but they are using cuss words to, 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 to express love to their friends. Um, so what would you say to that? And is that even possible where your heart could be in the right place and still use a cuss word? The Bible um, makes it very clear that you could think your heart is in the right place mm-hmm. and use 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 um, words that are unclean. 
I, you see, mm. simply because the words that we can think of as examples, yeah. like the one you came up with, yeah. simply because we can say these different words are not contrary to any specific biblical command that we have in Scripture. Right. Like, say, for one example, um, taking the Lord's name in vain, mm-hmm. which is explicitly forbidden in the Bible. We can actually go to chapters and verses. Yeah to find these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're also, we need to keep in mind, as Christians, we're commanded to maintain a reputation yeah. for cleanliness. Yeah. For cleanliness. Not only in our conduct and our behavior, but also in our speech. And I could give you examples. Um, Philippians chapter 4 and verse mm-hmm. 8. Yeah. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, mm-hmm. get that. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, now watch this, whatever is pure, pure. Yeah. whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, mm-hmm. if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah. Why? Because if you're thinking about these things, you're going to say these things. Mm. What you eventually, what you think about, remember Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if I want to make sure my mouth is clean, what I'm thinking about needs to be clean. Mm-hmm. Paul uses a number of categories that can serve as a grid by which I can run my my imagination, my thought process, my vocabulary. He uses language like pure. So I have to ask myself, he said, whatever is pure, is this pure? Mm. Whatever is lovely, is this lovely? Whatever is commendable, is this something that you would commend to mm. others, to your children, to your family, to your peers, to follow after you, right? If we're examples as leaders or as Christians, is this something that we could commend to others who spend time around us using language like this. Can I honestly commend this to someone else? Whatever, if there's any excellence, does mm. this speak to excellence? Meaning, is this the best we could do? I think yeah. that's what Paul's saying. Yeah. Is this, I'm not just saying this is, can I get away with it? No, no, no. Mm. As Christians, we need to do better. Wow. Yeah. We need to go further. That's good. Right? Is yeah. this the best we could do? We want to present excellence. Right? Is this at the height of my vocabulary, my speech? what I can tap into as far as my potential in language and in speaking. You see what I mean? If there's anything worthy of praise, then I need to speak in this fashion. Another, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting, there's language, Mm -hmm. no corrupting, literally the word there is decaying, right? Decaying. Mm -hmm. Talk come out of your mouth. Yeah. So obviously, What's interesting is, now, uh, Pastor Ebenezer, I want you to hear this, and I, I want your audience to also pay attention to this part. Mm-hmm. And what I believe Paul, Paul doesn't give us a list. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, think, I think the reason why he doesn't give us a list is because that list would have to change up yeah. for every month, every season, every generation, because he knows yeah. that the list he had to work with then and there is going to change with the next generation. Yeah. Language is always changing. But what he does know is every generation knows what's considered corrupting talk. Mm. So he knew his audience understood what he was talking about. That he didn't need to waste ink. He didn't need to waste time, chapters, explaining to them what they already knew. Mm. And so he just used this overarching catch-all phrase, corrupting talk. Mm. And he left it up to them to know what words fall under that category. Yeah. He just simply said, look, regardless of the word, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, mm-hmm. but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so when I use this language, is that gracious? Mm. Is that giving grace to those who are hearing on YouTube, to those who are hearing through whatever stream they're podcasting. Yeah. To, to those who are hearing me in person. Mm-hmm. There's another one, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 4. Let there be no filthiness mm. or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, Titus 2.10, he says, not pilfering, but showing all good faith mm. so that in everything... They may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior. So what I believe he's saying right there in response to your question is this. As Christians, 
we should be concerned about bringing, not bringing a reproach upon the church and the gospel. Yeah. You see, yeah. we're supposed to, he says there, we're supposed to be adorning the doctrine of God our Savior. Adorning, mm. that's language of your attire, your dress, your outfit. Mm. And so he's saying, you, you know, you can wear God, you go out. Mm. There's a way you can put God yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a way you can dress yeah. God. Yeah. There's a way that you can put on the gospel in through your life, through your behavior, through your conduct and especially through your speech. And there's a kind of a language that I can use that doesn't adorn the doctrine of God, and there's a kind that does. Yeah. You see? Yeah. You see, and I think, I think that's important to keep in mind in, in this conversation. Yeah. No, that's good. So then picking it up where, uh, just picking it up um, where you kind of left it off um, just a few moments ago, in regard to the Bible permitting us to use harsh language, like Jesus saying brood of viper or whitewashed tomb, right? Um, what, what would the Bible have to say then when it comes to language that is, that is strong? Um, is it, does it, I know, I know we just talked about, um, you know, you want to represent yourself, right? In a way that doesn't do harm to the faith and to the witness. Um, you want to make sure that you're putting on God and representing God well, and you're living above reproach. Um, but what about, what about um, with what you were saying just a few moments ago about what Jesus was doing and what, what, what's the significance there? What's the difference there? Yeah. Yeah. All of this really has to do with the Christian's posture toward the culture. Right? Your, mm. your podcast is shaping the culture, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and your audience is constantly trying to figure out how do we properly relate and posture ourselves toward the culture? Mm. And I think there are three ways in which you always interact with culture or aspects of culture, like language, mm. which is a product of culture, right? Yeah. And um, different in Christian leaders have said this, and I think those three ways would be receive, reject, or redeem. So mm. at any given time mm. that I am always interacting with culture or aspects of culture, I'm always asking one of these three questions. Is this something that I can receive yeah. as it is? Is this something that I'm just going to have to reject because of my faith? Or is this something that I can receive, but I need to first redeem it mm. before I can receive it yeah. right, and utilize it? Yeah. Right? But that's, that's a question we need to ask. Receive, reject, redeem. I didn't coin those terms, but, but I have found them useful um, over the years in terms of understanding what my posture should be to the culture. Yeah. Right? Um, you see, if you're reading the Bible, um, at some point, you're, you know, Christians are going to come across different passages, whether they're the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're going to wonder, like, ah, what is this <laughs> that I see here? Yeah. And you, you have, you have a, a number of passages that if we had the time, we would have to look at Isaiah 36, 12, 1 Samuel 25, uh, 22, 1 Samuel 20, 30, Exodus 20, uh, 7, Ezekiel 23, that chapter, Philippians, which we can look at, Jeremiah 220, mm. and other places. And, and the ones we mentioned at the beginning of this program, these are places where you'll see um, certain um, kinds of use of language where it may make you perk up and wonder, is that in the Bible? Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and therefore, how do I apply that? Does that mean I can just use it? Um, or does that mean I can follow the example of the Bible in my own speech? Mm. I think we, we need to also be, we, we need to not forget the passages we just looked at. Ephesians 4.29, Ephesians 5.4, Titus 2.10, Philippians yeah. 4.8, Colossians 4.5. This is very important because we always want to make sure that we're interpreting the um the passages in scripture that are few and far between in light of the passages mm. that are in abundance yeah, that speak good. clearly as to what our character, our speech, yeah. our language, our, our uh, posture toward the culture should be. Yeah. Right? And we need to also keep in mind, I'm not Jesus. I'm not a prophet. Mm. I'm not an apostle. And therefore, I want to make sure, unless 
God moves me and inspires me and leads me in, in the in the unquestionable way that he, I, we all know he did Jesus and the prophets and the apostles, I want to be very careful hmm. and, and tread very lightly in these waters, hmm. right? Hmm. But at the same time, I can't come out and just simply say, there's never a time to use strong language. Now, there are some that will have their own, I, I, I've heard some scholars have their own take on some of these uh, passages, in order to discourage Christians altogether. Now, even though I've, I've placed um, cautionary notes, and I've, I've talked about how clear the Bible is as far as how we do adorn the doctrine of our God mm-hmm. and our Savior, mm-hmm. and how we do um, represent the gospel, I do understand. I think, in all fairness, why, why are people resorting to... Uh, you know, we, we can talk about those who are immature. We can talk about those who need help with sanctification. We can talk about those who do go this route as an indication that they're not growing in God's grace. Mm. But what about in those other cases, yeah. right? I think the question that people are asking is, they're, they're, the reason why people are exploring this route is, they're asking, does it help us better relate to the culture? Mm-hmm. Is cussing a contextual matter? Yeah. Right? Um, how how does this reflect how I can communicate and emphasize a point I want people to really pay careful attention to? Mm. Right? And by doing so, I can. And I think people often ask in Philippians three eight, for example, that's a classic case in point. Mm-hmm. Didn't Paul cuss? Didn't Paul use strong language? Yeah. Where in Philippians three eight, he said, "Indeed." I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And here it goes. And count them as rubbish mm-hmm. in order that I may gain Christ. There goes the word, rubbish. Yeah. Or some translations would say, I count them as dumb. And the them is his, his pedigree, his circumcision, his Pharisaism, mm-hmm. his legalism his obedience to the law, his zeal, his educational degrees, he says, I count them as dumb. Yeah. Now, you'll have scholars go back and forth, but we do have <coughs> noteworthy scholars like Dan Wallace, uh, a noteworthy New Testament scholar and others, mm-hmm. who have suggested that it, it is not easy to rule out the possibility that the word that, that Paul used here is actually a cuss word, mm. akin to um, crap or the S word. Yeah, right? yeah. And the, the Greek word there that's debated back and forth is skubalon, skubalon. Hmm. And the, 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 prob- the reason why it's a challenging word to pin down is because it's what scholars, Greek scholars refer to as a, your audience probably doesn't need to know this, but a, a hapox legomenon. What that basically means is it's, a, it's the, old, the only time we find this word in our Bible, and especially our New Testament, is here. That's it. Mm-hmm. Only once. Mm-hmm. It's a neuter noun, and it's found only once, which means we can't go to other places that Paul has written in the New Testament or even other places in the New Testament in general to see how that word is used there in order to, to pin it down here. That's yeah. usually what we would do when we study scripture, yeah. right? We can find out other places a word is used and be like, ah, I can understand now the range of meaning. No, this is our only area, yeah. our only spot, our only place we could go to, which means we got to go outside of the Bible and we got to go to Greek literature of that day and see how were non-Christians using it. Mm. Was it used as a cuss word? Because if it was used there, we know Paul would have been aware of that, which is why Paul would have made use of it. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So Paul apparently saw a word being used during the his day outside of his Christian circles in non-Christian culture, and he knew that that's the word that I need that best describes my relationship to my past yeah. before Jesus came in the picture in order to emphasize how much Jesus means to me and me gaining him. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Paul wanted to make sure there was shock value. He yeah. was being deliberate. 
And yeah. that's what I think is a point that I want yeah. your audience to pay attention to. Yeah. I think I think if if strong language is going to be used, it needs to be used intentionally. Mm. Yeah. Not haphazardly. Mm. Not loosely. Not off the cuff. Not oops, I'm sorry. I mm. didn't mean that. Right? Paul doesn't have a I didn't mean that word in, in the New Testament. Yeah. He was very deliberate. It was prayed over. <laughs> It was prayed about, and it was very intentional. Yeah. And I think that's important. And I think I think what needs to be made note of is um, this is a word that's emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And there were other terms that were societally acceptable during Paul's day to get at the same point Paul's trying to get at here in Philippians 3.8. Yeah. Yet Paul still chooses to use this word skubalon. Yeah. Right? Why? Because of the shock value. Yeah. He's trying to emphasize two things. Number one, how how, how revulsed he is, how, how revulsed he is mm-hmm. by the fact that he had any confidence in his flesh mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And number two, how worthless that was in comparison to how superior Christ now is. Yeah. And in order to capture is revulsion and and how worthless he thinks the things he once was confident in are now to him he used this word yeah. which is a word that is best translated dunk right yeah so so some scholars say yeah it's used but it's also used for words for terms like uh cable scrap that mm. is true because mm. it has a, a large semantic range it, it can also be used for table scrap but notice here, the context lends itself better to done. He's not saying my pedigree and all of these mm. things that I once had confidence in, my flesh, is table scrap. That, that doesn't <laughs> get at it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. A, a, better, a better translation is rubbish or done or feces or excrement. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's trying to say when you put Christ up against it, that's how much. Because he wants to make sure he doesn't lose his audience. Yeah. And so I think... I think they're they're in place now. For, again, at the same time, though, we also need to make sure that we're not serving as a stumbling block in our speech yeah. to our fellow brother and our sister. Yeah, which is why That's love right. love mm. needs to also always take the higher ground. Mm. What does First Corinthians eleven say? Love is not rude. Mm-hmm. Love is not. It's not a lot of things, but love is not rude. Yeah. And so I need to also be be thinking about, you know, am I going to win more people over to them? Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is, if, oh, I got a chance to use this word. Right? I'm <laughs> constantly looking for an opportunity to use a word. Yeah. I've been sitting on it. No, no. I got a message hmm. of something of substance to get across. Does this serve that end or is this strong language and end in itself. Yeah. After this message is said and done and posted online, is the talk in the blogosphere or on the internet going to be more about my mm. word of choice or is it going to be, are, are going to be people, are people going to be talking far more about the message that God gave me? Yeah. And I want to make man. sure that whatever my choice of words are, yeah. I'm, I want to land on God. Help me to use the language that's mm. going to result in people remembering you. Yeah, yeah. And what you wanted me to communicate more than, did he really say that? Mm. Right? Yeah. Because I feel like that's going to draw more attention to myself than it is going to draw attention to, to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. And what he wants out of their life. And I want to make sure that I'm using my platform, whether that's an internet platform or a literal platform, not to serve my ends, but God dense. And mm. if it turns out, I believe Paul is, is serving God dense. Mm. I believe at the end of this passage, what we're taking away with is how much of a treasure Jesus is above all other so-called treasures. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if that's what we're accomplishing, more power to you. Yeah. But if we're not, we need to be, we need to work our salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. Because Jesus said, Jesus said, that on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account. Matthew twelve thirty six. Mm-hmm. Every eye 
or careless word that they speak. Yeah. That's a, so, that's a sobering thought right there. Yeah. yeah. That's a sobering thought right there. You see? You see so you're noticing, it's like, wow, people are probably thinking, he's not giving me a black or white answer. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I'm not. And I'm not trying to compromise, and I'm not trying to deliberately wiggle out of the situation. I'm trying to bring <laughs> to bear all that Scripture has to say and, and help our people really be dependent upon the Holy Spirit yeah, and tethered yeah. to Scripture in their use of it. Because what may be your answer that you need in one occasion mm. is not going to be what you need in another occasion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's no one size fits all. Yeah. The writer of, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14 says this, Everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Mm. Why? Because they're still a child. Yeah. Right? Children just want an answer that they can put in their pocket. <laughs> they don't want to be able to know, right? They just, yeah. they want fish. They don't want to be taught how to fish. Yeah, that's good, man. And I'm trying to teach people how to fish. Because mm. I'm not going to be alongside people in every scenario that they're going to find themselves in where they're going to have to think about, do I use this language or this language? Yeah. But I want to give them the tools that they need so that they'll know how to process that situation when they arrive. Mm. He goes on in verse 14 and he says, but solid food, Hebrews 5, 14, solid food is for the mature. That's yeah. what we want. We want mature people yeah. through shaping the culture. Yeah. For those, what are mature people? These, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. You see? The only way you're going to get good at this and be able to know actually what to do and what to say and what not to say is by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Mm. What? Mm. Where this writer of Hebrews is, if you think it's Paul, it's Paul, it's not. <laughs> Whoever the writer is, regardless of it's inspired scripture. Yeah. Right? Well, what is God saying? We know the author is God. Yeah. Right? Come on, God. Why didn't you just tell me what's good? Give me a list of what's good. Give me a list of what's evil. Yeah. That's legalism. Yeah, you see, if I just if I got on this podcast and I just gave your people a list, that's legalism, mm. right? And insofar as they fall within those lines, they're good. Like no, 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 no. He he says you need to have your powers of discernment trained by constant practice to be able to distinguish good from evil. That's good. Right? What's good language from evil language? Yeah. That's so good. And, and I think that that gets into the heart of the issue. I think we are, you know, we're, we're quick to look for things um, that would allow us to do things. Um, and we don't really want to wrestle. and We don't really want to ask the tough questions. We don't want to investigate. We don't want to get to the heart of the issue. Um, and, and, and I think that that's so, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you sharing that, that passage in Hebrews because I think that is, at the end of the day, the real work that needs to take place. I think we have to really sit with ourselves and ask, okay, is this helpful? Is this honoring? Am I adorning Christ? Am I representing him well on this platform, right? Is my heart in the right place, right? Is this stumbling to my brother or sister, right? Or is this helpful? Is this edifying? And all these different questions are going to, or all these different um, ways of understanding a word is going to look different from context to context, right? You're not going to, you know, there's going to be moments where you're by yourself in the car. There are going to be moments where you're by uh, really close friends that love God. Then you're going to be in a context at work where not everybody believes what you believe. Or then you're in a church setting where everybody may be a Christian, but even if they are, everybody's in a different space in their walk. And so what's helpful even in that context, right? So like you said, there's going to be different spheres of life that will require a different a different level um, of response, but nonetheless, each response has to get at the heart. And what and you have to ask the question: Is this helpful or is this hurtful? Um, let me let me ask you this: um, Why why do you think that we and and I see this a lot within young people too, um, myself included. Why do you think? Uh, we want the the shortcut answer or we want the easy answer in dealing with matters like cussing. I, 
It's convenient. Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one answer. I I think um, we, on one level, I mean, it, it would be convenient to have to have the short answer on matters of of cussing. And I'll be for those who are true believers who have a desire to to want to please the Lord. Mm. We do want. We, we would like to know what side of the fence to land on so that we know we're in good standing. We would hate to, to get as far as we could and then only discover, you know, we've been taking the wrong path mm. all, all along. Um, this happens in a lot of areas, you know, that are, that are areas that aren't necessarily black and white on yeah. one level, even though they are black and white insofar as there is a right and there is a wrong. Mm-hmm. But meaning... Depending on the circumstance and situation, you need to know how to apply it right. in those situations. And it's always, I, I, th- I think, for what God wants to do is keep us dependent upon him. Mm-hmm. And he That's wants good. us reliant upon him. And he wants to make sure that we keep in mind that it's a heart matter before it's ever um, a speech matter or a language matter. Yeah. Or the words that come out of, out of, out of, our, out of our mouths. Yeah. So I think... I think for us to keep that in mind is, is important. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, one, one last question for you. Um, what, what, what would you or how would you encourage people to um, investigate um, it being something that's right or wrong? Because, and the reason why I ask you that specific question is because we do live in a day and age where you could always look to a place, look to a, a sermon or a pastor or a church uh, or a, th- a theologian that will always agree with what you want to do. Um, you know, like if you're looking for somebody to affirm your decision, unfortunately, we just live in a day and age where you can find that, right? Um, but what, what, how would you encourage the listeners of Shaping the Culture to really investigate what God has for them and to do the hard work of looking at their heart and looking at what the Scripture has to say in regard to that? Well, the Bible says in Proverbs, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety, right? There's safety. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You yeah. need to be a part of the church community. You need to be pursuing these questions in community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're someone who is, I mean, even if you're not a speaker or someone who's on any sort of platform where people have to assess and weigh your words, regardless of where you are, you need to be in community. And I think if you have people around you, mm-hmm. you need to also give people permission to weigh in on your speech. So I have Good. my wife who listens to my sermons, um, who pays attention to my illustrations, yeah. my introductions, my, my choice of words. She, she sees how I try to connect with my audience, how I seek to engage and, and really win the hearts and the minds and the ears of, of a younger generation. And she understands my motivations, my intentions for what I do, but she also is my conscience. And she helps me to know whether that was the wise thing to do or whether that was too far mm-hmm. or that was unnecessary or you could have still got that point across without doing that or saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, I think, it, it, you know, it was, it did more damage than it did good. Mm-hmm. You know, she'll, she'll let me know these things. And then yeah. I have people within my inner circle beyond my wife. Um, I have others who will, you know, download and listen to my messages and give me their opinions yeah. and their take. And I think by having people around you that will help mitigate the kind mm. of damage that could be done. And these people can help you grow and develop because self-awareness is critical, but you, you can't grow in self-awareness by yourself. Yeah. Uh, strangely, ironically, the way you develop self-awareness is by seeking to do so within the context of a community where there are other people around you because... If all you have is you to weigh in on you, yeah. so you got you have too many blind spots. Yeah. People who see you at an angle that you don't quite see yourself. In fact, Proverbs twenty one two says, Every way of a man is right where? In his own eyes. Yeah. But the Lord weighs the heart. And yeah. of course, 
I think I'm right. Of course that was the right word to use, right? That's me. That's how I'm going to see it yeah. in my own eyes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the question is, but does God see it that way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why you want to allow his people in your life so that you can have a better angle on you yeah. and assessment of you. Yeah. Wow, that's all good. And I, that, that just... Um, you know, there's like another level of accountability there. Um, and I think that's something that we love to run away from. And, um, you know, I was sharing on Sunday um, this past, I was like teaching from Jude 1. And, um, you know, there are people that are being deceived by false teachers. And, um, you know, the way Jude is encouraging them, right? In, seven, in verse 17, he says, remember what the apostles taught you know, and it wasn't necessarily that they they didn't have the right information. They just didn't meditate on the right information. And uh, you know, one thing I was sharing with them was like, "Hey, we're we're all susceptible to fall." You know, Paul says, "Put no confidence in the flesh." And I think that what's really encouraging in what you're saying, and I think the call of the believer is to get around people that will keep you on the right track because you know we we have a lot of blind spots and you know we th- you know and I think sometimes too we think we're too mature for accountability but I think yeah. real maturity is realizing that you do need accountability because you understand you are susceptible to fall um, you know and so I think that um, you know this is another level of accountability that we don't really talk about in the church you know it all it almost kind of sounds weird oh we need to be held accountable with how we speak right like that's you know we don't really talk about that um but it, it's yeah. real and as you were sharing earlier we will be judged one day um, by the things that we we have said you know and james talks about that as well and so um yeah this is a this is a higher call to take responsibility for what comes out of our mouth and as you said very early on in this episode that starts with looking at uh, looking at a taking a deeper look at your own heart and understanding what's going on there um and so but yeah no thank you so much for sharing um insight and 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 one thing i really did appreciate too is you didn't make it black and white uh, you didn't give. I picked it up, picked up on it very early, but you you explained why. But like not really giving um, a specific. This is okay or this is not okay. But really, um, the approach you took in you know appro- um, you know looking at it from different angles and what does the scripture as a whole have to say about this and and then understanding as well. It's going to look different depending on the context. I think is. It was brilliant, and so thank you so much for your commitment to um, your word and, and sharing um, his 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 heart uh, for us. And um, and so yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to say? Any any way you want to end it off? Yeah, I, I think um, I would just encourage um, all our listeners. Let's aim for excellence. Mm. Um, Let's not strive for, well, what can I get away with? Yeah. Um, as Christians, we owe it to our great God and our Savior, not because it earns our salvation, but because he has done so for us mm. in the gospel. We want to make sure that we really do present our bodies as a living sacrifice, yeah. which means if I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice, I'm going to present my tongue. Right? And when I... Well, I want to use this word. I, I want to speak in this way. I'm really betraying my head. I'm revealing that I'm wrapping up. When I'm, when I'm finding it difficult to give up mm-hmm. certain words or grow and mature out of certain language mm-hmm. into a, a whole other season of language, it's, it's because I've gotten to the point where I've allowed my identity to be shaped by language, almost like mm. I don't want to get rid of that hairstyle because that's who I am, or I don't mm. want to get rid of that clothing style. That's who I am. And sometimes we could treat language that way, but mm. our identity is in Christ. That's good, man. It's not in a foul language that I want to still be able to get to use. Yeah. My identity is in Christ, and if my identity is in Christ, then whatever the Holy Spirit puts his finger on, 
whatever word or words he puts his finger on in my life that he wants out, I should be ready to give it up for whatever words he wants me to replace. Because at the end of the day, my body is not my own. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've been bought with a price. And therefore, I want to glorify God with my mouth. Mm. Mm. No, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, well, family, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope it gives you something to talk about with some friends, maybe some church friends, and uh, I hope it encourages you to love the Lord deeply and more abundantly. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Pastor Neb. Um, you want to give your socials? I know you're on Instagram. Uh, what's your yeah. handle on there? Yeah. It's um, at Nebbie Kalili, my first and last name, N-E-B-I-Y-E-K-E-L-I-L-E. Yeah, you can find him on there. Um, and you can reach out, and I'm sure you'll be, Neb, you're okay with answering some questions, right? Or, um, I am. Yeah, yeah, and you can feel free to reach out to me as well. And uh, I hope this uh, was encouraging to you all. Um, until next time, family, peace and love.